0: The Dan Bongino Geno Show. Get ready to hear the truth about America with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Another fine day with Dan Bongino. Yeah, we skipped over 666, so (laughs) this is episode 667. We are not going to put the mark of the beast on one of our shows, so you understand, folks, I'm sure. Hey, thanks for all the feedback on the Timeline Show yesterday. Thank you. Yes, I know. um, I get it. I appreciate the positive, and some of them were critical, saying, you missed this. You missed that. I, I know. I get it. I, I I appreciate the emails, folks. But it was an hour show, and I really desperately wanted to fit in. The core of the story in one hour, because I really wanted to just wrap that up. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I could have squeezed it over two shows, but uh, maybe sometime in the future we'll do another recap. Thanks also for a record February. Yes. Uh, listenership absolutely through the roof. We are closing in, uh, I think, soon on being the number one conservative podcast in the country based on growth. So thanks a lot. And I, I want to thank all the, the, the Twitter followers that i got since you mentioned that I, i'm a lousy tweeter i, yeah, I joe's, really am joe's just figuring twitter out he is at Joe Haas, H O Z one, the number one at Joe Haas one. Yes, so thanks. give him a follow. He got to 2,000 followers about, uh, you know, uh, months faster, years faster than I. It took me forever. <laughs> so he's just been, so go make sure you follow him <laughs> and uh, torture him on Twitter <laughs> like uh, some people do <laughs> to me. i am joking, dog. of course. But you feel free to, you can feel free to throw insults his way too like right. some do to me. They do. I mean, they mess with us in good yeah, faith. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. The listeners it. like to laugh about that, some of the stuff. The show. All right. Um, I got a lot to get to um, today. Uh, Let's see. uh, Where do we start? There was a great article uh, by Kurt Schlichter in Town Hall about this battle that's going on right now and how we need to fight back. Uh, Folks, we're, we're listen. I, I, this is going to be a positive sounding show in the end. I promise. I think we are going to win this. I think we are winning. I've said this over and over and over again. I said it in the show the other day that the anger conservatives and, and liberty loving Americans feel um, at having their rights taken away uh, their rights to protect themselves, h- how, how they see fit, not how the government sees fit. That their anger at having their rights taken away will always overpower the joy liberals and status get at taking those rights away. Uh, It will always motivate people to action. And when I say action, I'm not talking about leftist action like Antifa violence. That's not what we do. That's what they do. Uh, I'm talking about at the voting booth. I'm talking about activism, and it reminds me quickly of uh, the Tea Party. You know, the Tea Party, the reason the Tea Party was so successful Uh, right around 2010 and that that electoral season right there. The reason they were so successful, Joe, in contrast to movements like Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. uh, Occupy Wall Street, the Bernie Sanders Rebellion, the reason the Tea Party was successful is conservatives typically are results-oriented entrepreneurial types who are motivated by emotion but also understand the need for action. So when they felt like the Obama era had started and their rights to their money, their labor, their health care, their Second Amendment rights were under attack. This 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 anger motivated them to action and it motivated them to vote in what was one of the largest wipeouts of Democratic politicians in American history over the course of the Obama presidency. They lost record numbers of state legislators, uh, state senators, Congress people at the federal level, congressmen and women, uh, senators. They lost the White House later on. They lost everywhere at the city, state, local, federal level, aldermen, they were wiped out because conservatives are, our thing, Joe, is sometimes we we have a tough time acting collectively, Mm -hmm. but when we feel like our rights are under attack, at least individually, we know what to do, which is show up and vote and get it done. Well, it was so effective that the, the president and the IRS punished them. Exactly. And and without that, who knows what would happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge Romney fan, but Mitt Romney could have been president mm-hmm. if the IRS hadn't gotten involved. Yeah. and the, But the conservatives get it. And they don't act collectively as well as the Democrats do and the liberals because the liberals are statists. They believe in being led, being led around like puppets. This is what they do. They act collectively. I mean, it was the whole essence of Marxism, the whole idea of the collective, you know, of the communes, of, of communism itself. Yeah. They want to be led around. But being led around, while it leads to great rallies and people showing up, hell no, we won't go, whatever you want to say. They don't show up, folks. They don't vote in midterms. Listen, it's not a knock on young kids. I love you. I was a young kid too. But a lot of these young, millennial, whatever, liberal kids, you know, who are in college now, who I think are, you know, once they get their first paycheck, are going to figure out the futility (laughs) of liberalism. They just don't vote. They show up at the rallies, they scream and yell, and they do their thing, but they just don't vote. Conservatives vote. I'm bringing this up because I'm going to contrast the two pieces, the Kurt Schlichter piece and the essence of it, just so you know what I'm talking about here. The essence of the Schlichter piece at Town Hall is that, hey, it's time. They're going to war with us here. And again, I don't mean this in the liberal way. I mean this in the conservative way. Meaning the peaceful way. The liberals are the ones who seem to embrace violence. Antifa, that crowd, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. What do we want? Dead cops. Uh, I've never heard that at a conservative rally, Joe. If you? No, what do we want? No. Dead cops? I mean, this is insane, right? Yeah. But Schlichter's is the essence of the piece is it's, it's time to fight back. It's time to fight back. Fight back against What? Folks, these people are at war with us. They're trying to—they're uh, th- th- trying to put anybody out of business who associates at all with conservative organizations. They're trying to censor content. They're at war with the First Amendment, trying to take down YouTube accounts. I've got a bunch of stories on this today. They're at war with the Fourth Amendment—they, the spying on of that. That liberals still defend the spying on of the Trump team after you. I went through that timeline show yesterday. It only has one explanation, Joe. They're tyrants. They don't care. None of it matters to them. 10 Ten four. It is clear as day after listening to yesterday's show that the Obama team spied on the Trump team. They don't care. It's it's like it's like we're 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 negotiating with them on the basis that we think they're they're good people, that and I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the radical left. Right. That they're good people who really care about individual liberties. When you're negotiating based on that false premise, You're constantly perplexed as to how is it, Joe, they aren't upset about this Obamagate spying thing because they don't care. They don't care about the Fourth Amendment, the right to, uh, you know, to to free to to be free from unlawful search and seizure in your records and your conversations. Mm -hmm. They don't care. They're tyrants. They believe in the big state. They're statists. That's what they do. The state attacks political enemies. That's what they believe in. The state, uh, they use the state and the power of the state to shut down free speech. The heckler's veto. Hey, if uh, there's not going to be a permit issued for a conservative group on a college campus because it's dangerous if they come here and speak and the security costs will be too high. Well, why would they be too high? Well, because we attacked them and we burned them down. Uh, (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Let me get this straight. (laughs) So what you're saying is, because you attack and try to burn down buildings that conservative speakers speak in, <laughs> that conservative speakers shouldn't be allowed to show up because the security costs are too high because you're threatening to beat them up and burn the building down. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And colleges acquiesce. Folks, these people are at war with us. I mean, they are at war, figuratively. Yep. Yep. That the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, they don't care. It's, it is critical you accept that premise. I, I want to be crystal clear. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about the radical left. Unfortunately, the big, you know, D-Democrat party is being led around by these kooks on the radical left. And Schlichter's premise is we got to fight back now. I've told you about the futility and stupidity of boycotts. They're ridiculous. They are ridiculous. I can't say this enough. They are so stupid. Boycotts and b- not buying or not buying a company's products based on the perceived political views of the company based on their actions. We're not going to endorse this. We're going to endorse that. Is one of the dumbest things possible. I acknowledge that 1,000%. You want to buy a widget, Joseph? Buy the widget because mm-hmm. it's a good widget. Yeah. But we're not making the rules anymore, folks. We need to accept this. The radical left is because they are at war with us. They need to silence you. They don't want you to be able to associate with the NRA. They don't want you to have a YouTube channel. They want to shut you up because they don't care. I wish radical leftists would be honest and just tell people, we don't give a damn about free speech. We're tyrants. At least we know what we're fighting against. Yeah. But it is time for us to now fight back. Now, I'm, I'm, I'll go into this in a second because I got a lot to get to here. But the reason I bring it up is there's a piece in The Atlantic debating whether to put it in the show notes because it's such a... The premise of it is so dopey by a Peter Beinard. And the premise of his piece, Joe, is... Well, you guys, conservatives, are losing. We're winning. Because even though you're winning politically, conservatives, you know, you, you have the White House yeah. starting to get some of the courts back. You have the House of Representatives. You have the Senate. You have the majority of governorships. That politically, um, it takes a second. Uh, it takes the backseat to the fact that uh, we are winning. to i talking about liberals. Yeah. That liberals are winning the culture war. That on every issue, and in, in some respects, he's right. But he's mistaking the long term and the short term. Let me just read to you from his piece. This guy, Beinerd, which is he's it, I think the premise of his piece is absurd, but it's worth diving into to hear what the other side's thinking. So just to be clear, I think we are winning long term because the attack on rights and the taking away of big our rights, whether it's the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fourth Amendment will always generate a more powerful and potent response to action than a joy at taking rights away from liberals will generate. It is just not as exciting for a politician to knock on a door and say, hey, support me. I'm going to take away your neighbor's AR-15 as it is for a politician to knock on a conservative door and say, hey, support me. I'm going to protect your right to defend yourself. Does that make sense, Joe? I think that's yeah. a good way to sum yeah, it up. Yeah, a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It will always generate more action on the side of the person who feels like their rights are under threat. Yeah. But Binard in this Atlantic piece seems to take some joy in this, that they're beating us down on the cultural issues in the culture war. In other words, they're winning in Hollywood, they're winning in academia, and they're winning in the overall you know, cultural zeitgeist of the time. So here's a quote from the piece. He says, but shift your lens from public policy to culture. In other words, don't focus on politics for a minute where conservatives are winning. Focus on the culture. And he says, in the last two weeks, look very different. More than 20 corporations, including United Airlines, Hertz, and MetLife have cut ties with the NRA. Oh, wait, I'm going to stop here in a minute. I'm going to go, there's more to this, but I want to stop here to address that. Cool. So Beinart's premise here is that these corporations that have disconnected with the NRA have somehow won some culture war. <laughs> Listen, Beinart, I don't know this guy, Peter, his name is, first name is Peter, with all due respect. How? How did they how was this a win for them? So I I, I have arrows. Mm, i Jeff, see Joe them. and Joe, my, all over the place yeah. here because I don't want to lose you at any point in this show. This is important. This is an important show I'm going to do today. How are you winning? The NFL tried this. Viewerships down, ratings down. You've had people like uh, big sponsors like Papa John's were on record complaining about how the NFL handled this. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. The NFL was ground zero for the culture wars. How did you win? You lost potentially an entire generation of viewers. I used to watch football in my house. I have not watched an NFL game in two years. You know how... Joe, this is, this is going to be crazy rocket science here, yeah. man. Or okay. rocket surgery, as I used to joke with people. <laughs> you know, brain surgery and rocket rocket surgery. How did I find football? I found football when I was a kid, and my mother and her husband at the time, not my dad, used to like football. And they would watch football, and I was like, wow, this is a pretty cool game. Right. And I found it and became addicted to it myself. That is never, ever going to happen with my kids. Their football, an NFL game, is verboten in my house. It never, ever happens. It does not come on. You will never see it. My daughter even knows. Matter of fact, sometimes I watch sixty minutes, even though it's a liberal-leaning show, mm-hmm. um, just to see what the left is thinking. And the end of an NFL game would be on, and my daughter would be like, "Get it off, Dad! Get it off!" <laughs> Do you understand? They lost an entire generation of viewers, and you think this is a win now? You may think it's a win, be- this is Joe. This goes to show you. And if I lose the audience at any point, please tell me. We'll do. Is that Dan. is your job. Yes, we'll it do. And we'll do. In his professional radio voice. We'll yes. do. Some guy complained about our shtick. Did he? I get like hundred emails who love me. And one guy said, "Ah, I don't know." Listen, sorry, brother. This is the show. Okay, I love Joe. <laughs> I, we got to keep it somewhat light. These are serious topics, but this is not a win. It's not a win. That why you would think this is a win is just astounding. By any visible metric, this was a catastrophic loss for the NFL. But it goes to show, to kind of summarize my point there, that the disconnect between Washington, D.C. and coastal elites and the rest of America. Do you understand, Joe, how in coastal enclaves, D.C. enclaves, and academia, they think, yeah, man, we stuck it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Darn NFL view. Hey, Seeds. You darn you rednecks, you, you, you stupid flyover country folks. That's what they think of us. I yep. know people hate when I use the term, but that's what they think. I'm mocking them. I'm not speaking for myself. Please understand. I'm a Northeasterner, but I'm down in, well, Florida. Florida is obviously the South, but there's a lot of Northeasterners here. But where I've always felt at home, to be quite candid, folks, is in the South and in conservative states, where the conservative values reign. Oh, that's definitely. By the way, if the Media Matters is listening. That is definitely racist. Oh my gosh, you like living down in the South with conservative? <laughs> value? You must be. That's the point. Yeah, you totally don't. Undo. Do you see what I'm saying, Yeah, Joe, yeah, ma- yeah. They yeah. are so insulated that yeah. they don't even take the time to go down south, talk to someone in Dothan, Alabama, or you know, Okeechobee, the, yeah. the, 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 in the county right next to me, and say, "Hey, why do you guys, you know." Respect the, the the Second Amendment and the God given right to freedom. What 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 is with you in the church? What's this God thing about? They think they're winning. Mm-hmm. They they think a a brand that is selling a product, NFL entertainment, that needs eyeballs to continue. Mm-hmm. Eyeballs matter. Money talks and BS walks, Daddy O. And the money comes from eyeballs. When eyeballs watch, they sell advertising based on eyeballs. This show makes money for sponsors based on eardrums. Thanks to you, we have eardrums. And while the NFL still has eyeballs, they don't have the eyeballs they did. And let me tell you something. When you're selling a product at a multi-billion dollar valuation and eyeballs start dropping, and kids' eyeballs stop dropping. And the next generation starts dropping their eyeballs. And favorability for your product, which the NFL uh, used to be have positively in droves, is now in the tank. You got a problem. You got a big problem. So I asked Mr. Beinert with all due respect, because I don't know the man, how is this a win? Now, going back, he may say, well, Dan, that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about these companies cutting ties. I haven't even gotten to the rest of the paragraph yet. He was talking about these corporations that cut ties with the NRA. For those of you who missed the story and an obvious disclosure, I work at NRA TV. And by the way, I'm terrible at promoting my stuff. I am there every day at 530 Eastern Time. 5:30 Eastern just go to nratv.com it's free check it out the show will start on Monday but i've been doing quick promos the entire week so please on Monday folks i'm begging you please check it out you're going to love it clips look please. great it's, by the way dan they thank really you, look buddy. good i appreciate that we're working on it now we the show we wanted to get it out so we're, the technical side has been a bit of a but please 5:30 p.m. eastern time nratv.com will be there every day we got a lot of surprises coming for you in the future so please check it out we start on Monday um having said that though so disclosure, I, I work for NRA TV, not specifically for the NRA, but doesn't matter. These companies cut ties with the NRA and Politico themselves, Politico, Politico, one of the, one of the more left-leaning websites out there, acknowledged that a brand survey report conducted right after these companies cut ties with the NRA. Mm-hmm. Joe, where do you think their brand acknowledgement or brand uh, satisfaction went from positive or negative after they cut ties? No, Let me I'm- give you a hint. Yeah, negative, Damn, I'm, I'm putting a big <laughs> thumbs down to poor Joe here as he's watching me. Yeah. They, brand, they turn negative. How does that a win? You have a bunch of conservative Americans to take it back out to 30,000 feet who feel like their culture, their rights... Their right to speech, their right to protect themselves, their right to privacy in their in their in their personal items, their right to be free of unlawful government search and seizure. They feel like their rights are under siege, and they feel that United Airlines, Hertz, MetLife, and other companies that joined this cutting ties with the NRA nonsense that this that you're now part of it. Now, to, for those of you who missed it, what they what they did was and this is kind of, this was the stupidity of this show. These companies were not sponsoring any of the NRA's ideas. And I want to be clear on this. I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. Or I said it the day before yesterday. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I absolutely respect these companies' rights to have a public opinion on the Second Amendment or anything else. I don't agree with a lot of it. Many of them happen to lean towards the liberal view that the Second Amendment uh, shall be infringed, which it shall not if you actually read it. But that's fine. Unlike you, I respect the First Amendment, even for corporations, and I will still buy your product. But not when you take a furtive action against the liberty of us in an effort to hurt us. And what they did was they had these discount programs. So if you were an NRA member, you could go to Hearst, uh, Hertz and rent a car and you'd get whatever, 10% off. And they'd be like, well, we're going to cut our ties with the NRA. OK, you took action instead of just making a statement. I'm done. Goodbye. I'm not renting from there again. Sorry. I mean, unless I, 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 because I want, I don't, I'd never want to be a hypocrite. With unless I absolutely had to, it's the airport, that's it. And there's no other way. Uh, they are now, if any discretionary purchases from them, Joe, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Finita la musica. End of the store. I'm done. It's over. Same thing with these other companies. And, you know, I don't want to keep hammering it, but for those of you who listen to, we had an experience with it on our own show. Mm-hmm. It's good company, but we're not going to take money. Sorry, I'd rather not sell one spot on this show ever again. I would rather go full subscriber than to do that. Sorry. So, again, don't email me about, hey, well, what are you doing? What am I? We already did it. Believe me, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. None. It is a full-blown assault on conservative talk everywhere. But, folks, these are not wins. Beiner thinks this is a win. This company, their brand loyalty down. The NFL, brand loyalty down. Eyeballs tuning out. And remember this. Conservatives never, ever forget. Never. Just ask Target. Hmm. Remember Target? Well, you know what? We're going to let men in the women's room in our stores. You sure about that? Conservatives were like, ah, we're good. Thanks. Thanks. Listen, we're all children of God. We get it. But I don't know. I have daughters. I'm not so crazy about that. Just ask Target what happened. Foot traffic in their store, their ta- their stock price. Now, think about the the reverse, Joe. When liberals boycott people, again, because concer- remember the folks take it out to 30,000 feet. Liberals boycott because they want to take rights away from others. That may give them a temporary joy, but the emotion is not enough to invoke a response that will be nearly as profound as the anger and fear generated from conservatives who feel like their rights are being taken away. Don't ever forget that. How do we know this? We've seen liberal boycotts. We've seen them backfire in absolutely spectacular fashion. Mm -hmm. Remember L.L. Bean? I don't even remember the darn boycott, folks. The liberals have had so many stupid boycotts. All I know is that they wanted to boycott L.L. Bean for something because they took a stand on something. And conserve, they had like their best sales day ever. Even yeah. I went and bought a flannel shirt. I'm a Northeastern I've worn a flannel shirt my whole life. Joe has. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in him. Joe likes his flannel shirts. Oh, yeah, Joe Joe's an old school guy. Joe, Joe he looks like uh, Paul Bunyan when he has, he needs an ax and a, and a blue <laughs> ox, right? But uh, Joe, I don't wear that, but I bought one. Because conservatives saw a company under assault for doing nothing other than acting as a free market company in America and staying out of it. Remember the spectacular fail, Joe, of the Chick-fil-A boycott? Absolutely. The Chick-fil-A boycott. Man, if, if let me tell you something. If you were a Chick-fil-A owner, you're begging for another boycott. You, <laughs> I will never forget when the Chick-fil-A air quotes your boycott because it was, I mean, really, you could not have been, it was a boycott. It wasn't a boycott. Oh, it was crazy. I went up to you remember this right I went up to Frederick County Maryland yeah. there is a uh, there's a Chick-fil-A it's I think it's right off 270 and I don't know what I oh, I was running for office and I you know you go up there and you want to be out there with people and I was glad to take part in it. Folks, I could. I was starving. I couldn't even get a chicken sandwich. I think they were out of. I think it's the first time ever Chick Fil A was out of chicken. Chick Fil A -A was buying McDonald's burgers to sell burgers because they had. I'm (laughs) kidding. Of course they were, but they had nothing left. There was no chicken. They had wiped out every chicken in America. There were no chickens. They had to start from scratch, from like an Adam and Eve chicken to rebuild the chicken stock because conservatives who didn't even like chicken were eating chicken. Uh, People allergic to chicken went out and bought chicken. Yeah. People who hate chickens were buying chickens. Conservative chickens were online getting chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. The cow from the Chick-fil-A commercial, eat more chicken, was online eating a chicken sandwich. You can't win. How does Biner think this is a win? We're winning the culture wars. Donald Trump was elected president because of your culture war. How are you winning? And this is it. They mistake short term joy. Look what we did, Joe. We gave them the double barrel middle finger. We showed those conservatives. They canceled an NRA rental car discount. Folks, nobody joins the NRA for a rental car discount. Nobody. I'm a lifetime member. I didn't even know there was a rental car discount. I worked there. I didn't even know. No, I'm serious, Joe. I had no idea. I've rented car. I had no idea there was a rental car discount. United Airlines, oh, I was going to get a United Airlines card. Credit card, no more, no moss, no thanks. You're going to lose. The snowflake pajama boys are going to forget about this tomorrow and move on to their next fight. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. You know, what do we want? Dead cops. What do we want them now? They'll move on to Occupy Wall Street. Inequality. You know, communism rules. Capitalism sucks. They're going to move on tomorrow. But the eyeballs are never coming back. It's over for me in the NFL. It's over with these companies. To corporate America, listen, we have proudly, thankfully, and humbly, thanking you, and I mean this, I can't say it enough, an unbelievably large audience now that I think has even taken Joe and I by surprise. Yes. We are very honored by it because Joe and I are just two normal dudes who really believe in this stuff. Mm -hmm. And we never thought this was going to become what it is. But I know we have corporate America listening. I know, because I get emails. Some people, obviously not all. You are committing corporate suicide. You may get a few tweets from a few snowflake pajama boys drinking hot cocoa in their mommy's basement that works for Media Matters saying, Hey, Hertz, nice job. Guns kill. (laughs) Don't support murderers. I'm going to rent from you tomorrow. You may get those tweets. You may get a hundred of them. I've got news for you. That dude doesn't have a job. He works for 10 bucks an hour for Media Matters. He's never rented a car in his life. He only Ubers. He probably doesn't even know how to drive. He sits in his PJs all day watching tentacle porn for all we know. He's never left his house and he will never spend a dime with your company. But the law-abiding coal miners and Second Amendment supporters and electricians and architects and and, and average working-class Americans who just want to be left the hell alone will never, ever forget what you did. They're the ones showing up to the airports for the union meeting who have to rent a car. They're the ones showing up to the airports to meet with the boss for the first time in a new satellite office. They're the ones renting your cars. Mm -hmm. This is corporate suicide what are you thinking you do (laughs) i'm joking but yeah but whoever made this decision should be internally arrested for business malpractice in the the umpteenth degree you know i always talk about joe like when i I want joe to be the fictitious criminal i'm like (laughs) joe you're guilty of felonious mopery in the um, umpteenth degree this is business felonious mopery in the umpteenth degree yeah now, again, I just want to sum this up, but this portion because I'm still not done with the biner thing, by saying it's a free market, unlike the tyrannical far left that's taken over the Democrat Party, you are free to do whatever you want. I'm just telling you, so am I. I'm not buying your crap anymore. I don't care. I've told this audience a thousand times. You are unbelievably great to our sponsors. But we don't have to do sponsors. I I don't want to go to a subscription, but I will if that's what we have to do. Matter of fact, I thought about it, Joe. I may not even go to subscription because I and I I, folks, I say this with believe me. I mean, I mean, this this is not said with any sense of because I know this comes out wrong, but. I, I was debating with my wife, like, we may not even need to go sell. I bet if we just kept a stable base of sponsors but cut it in half, because the show is un- unfortunately expensive to put on now that it's so big, we mm-hmm. have to buy space and maintain the website and stuff. It's, it's, and, you know, it's gotten. It, we're happy, but it's it gets expensive. I said to my wife, I'll bet if we just did, like, a voluntary tip jar, we could support the entire show, no problem at all. Hmm. I'm not worried about I don't care. Remember, I say to the sponsors, we are so glad to have you, and they are great companies. They are. We vet all of them. They're terrific companies. But we don't need anything. Corporate America needs our audience because you're loyal. Do you know how many sponsors have emailed me and been like, my gosh, your listeners are like the best ever? They are. I get people email me about... um, Companies that are, that don't have a specific URL who sponsor with us, mm-hmm. you know, I like Buy is one of them. They don't have a specific URL, but they know it's coming from us. Believe me. And they, I got the greatest listeners ever. They're like, "How do we let Filter Buy know we're buying because of you?" I I appreciate that, but they know. Trust me, they know. I. They, but these companies don't. You know, they, they they don't endorse the political views on this show. These are just companies looking to sell products to you, a listener base. I can't be clearer on that. These companies have their own ideological views. They are looking to get out there and sell products in a free country. Leave them the hell alone or we're going to fight back. My gosh. All right. I got more on this. Hey, before we get to that, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. I want to thank Miles. He owns Brickhouse. He sent me a brand new supply of Field of Greens, which I have been – he sent me three – Bottles of it, and uh, one of them is almost done because everybody in my family now wolfs it down. Now, what is field of greens? Think of it as fruit and vegetable insurance, folks, you know? We know we're supposed to eat fruits and vegetables. We know it. Everybody tells us. Brain health, body health, immune health. You know, I... Sometimes I look young. Although a guy the other day asked me if I had grandkids in my kids' school. I'm like, uh, no, they're my kids. And I was like weirded out for the first time. But most of the time people say, wow, well, you look pretty young for 43. I'm telling you, I attribute it to just a lifetime of Joe's lab. It's true. It really happened. I think it's because he saw the grays on the right <laughs> side of my head. I, have a, I should have turned the other way. But I swear it's due to just voluminous consumption of fruits and vegetables. I eat dried blueberries, dried cranberries, mixed berries. My wife p- puts together a huge salad at night. But also, I supplement it with field of greens, which is food. It's ground up fruits and vegetables of the highest quality. Unbelievable macronutrients, micronutrients. You got cherries in there. You got blueberries. You got exotic vegetables you'd never be able to get anywhere else. It's a simple process. You just get the water out of it. Water takes up about 90% of the space in a lot of these fruits and vegetables. This is ground up food. It's the equivalent of eating multiple servings of fruits and vegetables in one scoop. I think it tastes great. I wouldn't steer you wrong. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. I think there's a hint of cherry, a little bit of licorice in there. I throw it in green tea. Sometimes I put it in V8. Yesterday, I was just putting in water because I like the taste. Folks, you need your fruits and vegetables. Go give it a shot. I highly recommend the product. I worked with them in... Um, pushing it out there because I I wanted it. There was another company I was using, and uh, I think this product is just far better. Get your fruit and vegetable insurance. Take it. Take it and eat your fruits and vegetables too. But if you can't eat your fruits and vegetables, it's even more important that you try this stuff. Here's where it's available. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Check out Field of Greens today. Okay, uh, getting back to this binary piece here because this thing is just uh, a doozy, and I mean that in the most... Uh, non-qualitatively good way possible. Okay, here he goes on. He says, and, he, and he's he's touting now Walmart and Dick's Sporting Goods. He goes, Walmart and Dick Sporting Goods, two of America's largest gun retailers, have both announced they will stop selling guns to people under the age of 21. Okay, stopping right there. Folks, did you see the backlash yesterday to Dick's Sporting Goods online? Dicks. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Oh. I didn't get that right away. <laughs> I think the audience did. I think so. Why? <laughs> Very nice. The backlash was absurd. Ladies and gentlemen, do you think the pajama boys with hot cocoa were going into Dick's Sporting Goods for a hockey helmet? Or anything else for that matter. Or anything else for that matter. <laughs> what kind of stupid decision was this? Sport. I'm not going in there anymore. Folks, listen, I get it, but this was a dumb call, okay? You don't have to sell. You can sell to anybody you want to sell. But I strongly disagree with this. We send our kids over to overseas at 18 years old, you know, we hand them a, a 556 rifle and ask them to defend the country. And now they come back and we have corporations engaging in corporate activism. You know, but you know this I don't I don't agree with it. I strongly disagree with it. And I don't like the action you took. You can't buy a handgun if you're 18. That's a fact, okay? There's a reason, concealability. but I'm, And then people and I love when people throw out the argument, because you hear this from liberal. Uh, Geraldo tried to hit me with this on Fox. He said, well, you have to be 21 to buy alcohol. Again, that's a mind-altering substance, folks. You have to be 15 to drive in Florida, too. Well, what does that mean? You're just 15, you get a gun? You made the same argument about alcohol. They're two different things. Driving, owning a rifle, and then drinking alcohol are three, Joe, right? Three yeah. completely distinct and different things? Yep. You have to be a certain age to join the Secret Service too. What does that mean? Well, you, should you be the same age to buy a gun? What does that mean? It's a rifle. You have you have eighteen year olds that hunt with their parents. Sure. You have twenty year olds that live on their own. That may you know use they live out on a, on a, on a in a rural type area. They may need a shotgun for self protection. Now all of a sudden we got dicks engaging in corporate activism. Did you see the backlash? Again, but I'm only saying this because in, a, in Beiner's piece here in The Atlantic, he swears this is a win. You know what? I, I am. Let me just take a note on this. I am going to put this up at the show notes. I don't like giving these left-leaning articles clicks, but you know what? In this case, we're going to make an exception. I think it's important. The show notes always available at Bongino.com, and please subscribe to my email list. I'll email these articles to you every day. I have some really good ones today, too, and that Schlichter piece I will put in there as well. Because um, it's really, really good. But this is not a win. The backlash is going to be long term. It's, it's an effort to cater to the pajama boy crowd. All right, going on. There's more here. It says the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, that's the school where this tragedy happened in Parkland, uh, gun control activists have become national heroes, praised by numerous celebrities. Okay, let's break this sentence down. Number one, and I say this with no if, ands, buts, or caveats. These kids were through some, went through something. Thankfully, the overwhelming majority of us will never be through. You know, unless you were a soldier or anything, will never be that through that kind of stress. An active shooting incident at school. They were in. They have the right, regardless, to speak out. I support it 100. percent I disagree. That is it. There is no buts or caveats to that at all. The first portion of that sentence, I have no issue with at all. They become—I don't—I wouldn't say they become national celebrities. I think that's kind of dem- one calling someone a celebrity. I think is demeaning in and of itself. They become spokespeople and they have voices. I, the celebrities—I hear the word celebrity—I already—I I, don't—I th- don't think Biner t- understands the word celebrity does not have a positive connotation in most of America. Okay, it's the second part I have an issue with, and he says, "Well, they were praised by numerous celebrities, folks." Okay, again, taking the the kids out of the equation for a moment here. Being praised by celebrities is not a win in the culture war. This is not a win. Joe, where was this a win? Uh. Hillary Clinton was praised by multiple celebrities. Eh. Bernie Sanders was praised by multiple celebrities. Eh. The Barack Obama agenda was praised by multiple celebrities. Eh. Uh, You have Donald Trump precisely as a reaction to this. Being praised by celebrities is not a marker for success. But again, it's Beinert's own writing in this Atlantic piece that shows his isolation in this cultural bubble. He really believes that the culture war is being won by them. That these are legitimate wins. Look, look, the kids were being praised by celebrities. God bless the kids. I mean it. But being praised by celebrities has never been a market for success. Oh, by the way, Joe, celebrities, Hollywood movie sales, er, mm-hmm. down. Uh, you know, music sales, er, down. Mm-hmm. Now, you can attribute that to whatever you want. Well, Hollywood, people are staying home and Netflix, but folks, it doesn't matter. That's not a win. It's not a win. It doesn't matter. It's not a win. You understand? It's not a Saying that the NFL's losing eyeballs, companies' brand recognition that divorced themselves with the NRA has gone down, saying that uh, Hollywood moved that cel- being endorsed by celebrities is a marker of success when celebrities can't even make money themselves because they're losing money now. Well, I shouldn't say they're, they're still getting million dollar salaries, but they're not on the trajectory up. They're on the trajectory down, to be precise. That is not a win. It's not a win. This is a loss by any metric. He goes on one more sentence because this again goes. I'm telling you, this piece is epidemic of the left and their failure. He this guy actually believes he's writing a piece about successes in the culture war as he's lining through line by line, Joe, catastrophic (laughs) cultural failures by the left. His last sentence here. And last week at a CNN town hall, those students and their families booed NRA spokesperson Dana Lash so loudly that they almost drowned her out. Drown her drown her out. These parents have the right to boo whoever they want. Dana Lash, Dan Bongino, or anybody else. They've been through something horrible. They had the right to boo them before. The tragedy doesn't change that. It gives them a louder voice because of what they've been through. And again, God bless them for doing it. They have I mean it, folks. This is what you know, they have the right to express their view. We live in a constitutional republic. What's irking me about this whole thing is this guy thinks booing Dana at that thing was a win. Did you even pay attention to the reaction in conservative America? The answer is no, he didn't because he's a cultural elitist. I'm out here in conservative America down in Martin County, Florida. I talk to activist groups. I'm on listservs. I talk to people who represent hundreds, if not thousands, of actual grassroots in the field knocking on doors activists. The response to that booing was overwhelmingly negative. It wasn't positive. This was not a cultural win, Joseph. It was not a win people who saw that saw dana lash as being a a a a a sound reasonable voice for why second amendment people want the right to self-protection while being booed and not being heard that was not a. why do you think that's a win i don't understand what makes you think that's a win it was a loss it was not a win Folks, read this piece. Again, I hate to give them the clicks, but I think this piece is important, okay? I just want, uh, you know, I want you to know. All right, folks. Now, moving on, because this is really driving me crazy here, too. Um, Another piece I saw by Dennis Prager, which is really, really, really good. It'll be uh, up at the, it's at the Daily Signal. I'll put it in the show notes. This is one of those must-read pieces. The piece is about why liberals don't want uh, teachers armed, and I it's a fascinating piece that speaks to another larger argument that you and I uh, have been engaged in since we started this show back in 2015. You know, what we started, by the way, February 2015. Oh, yeah. I, I saw a reminder the other day about that. Yeah. on the, Yeah. It just seems like it's been a while. Folks. Prager makes the argument that liberals categorically refuse to fight evil. In other words, arming teachers would give them the means to fight back against evil. And I'm going to kind of tie this into some larger arguments he doesn't make, but I know he knows, but it's an important piece. It's a good piece, but it's important to understand the why. We say on this show often that the why matters, right, Joe? The right. why matters. Why liberals do what they do, right? Yeah, it sure does. Liberals never want he, the Prager says in the piece that liberals like to fight little evils, not big evils. In other words, liberals will fight, you know, men in the women's room. Uh, that's their fight. Um, you know, they'll fight against the Christian baker who doesn't want to, you know, bake a cake for a gay wedding. They'll go full bore against that. But when it came to fighting the Soviet threat, when it comes to fighting terrorism, when it comes to fighting, you know, back against, you know, targeted school violence. All of a sudden liberals disappear. Hmm. But Why? The why matters. Now, bear with me for a second. This show is very conversational, and it's important that we understand this. And we, for me to do it, you're going to have to think through it with me for a minute here. Folks, acknowledging evil by the left, the radical far left, forces them to accept the fact that man is, in fact, fallible and that evil actually exists. They cannot do that. uh, Joe's heard this before so they can't do that because once they acknowledge folks that there is a large swath of our population that has evil in their heart and that evil that wrongdoing is a very real thing once they acknowledge that that evil is real and that man possesses evil in his heart how do you simultaneously make the argument that you should be ruled by man Now, Thomas Sowell, people ask me for book lists a lot. I haven't put one together yet. Maybe I'll put one on my website one day. But if I had to recommend to you a couple of books for you to better understand this in a deep, elegant, profound fashion, in a way worded so beautifully, you'll never forget it. Thomas Sowell has two books. One I think is a little easier to understand that talks about this specific thing one is vision of the anointed which is great and is and is was a life-changing book for me by thomas saul the second book is a little more complicated and it's a slower read but when you get through the both of them this what i'm telling you makes absolute sense the second book is conflict of Visions by thomas saul and the essence of it is effectively that but the left needs you to believe that wrongdoing is a function of a system they can fix and not a function of the evil in men's hearts, because once you accept Joseph that mm-hmm. evil in men's hearts exists, it is impossible for you to argue that you should be ruled by other men who could be evil. They don't want you to believe that. They believe in the statist vision that smart planners and bureaucrats should rule your life because you're too dopey. You're too dopey, man. We you you dumb. You know you fill in the blank. You're too stupid. That's what they believe. Guys like Biner at the Atlantic, he is engaged in this conflict of visions now. He thinks we're all a bunch of dopey, you know, uh, fighting the, the revolutionary war all over again. Southern and Midwestern dopes who have no sense of reality and therefore we're, you know, to quote Barack Obama, we cling to our guns and religion as a remnant of that to save ourselves. They believe this. They don't understand that we as conservatives accept that men are fallible. Many men are good. Many women are good, thankfully, but many aren't that evil is real, that evil exists. And we have a government only to protect us against government itself and the evils of men. That's what our republic and our constitution is. It is a limiting document stating in the Bill of Rights what government can't do to us precisely because men have evil in their hearts. And government has been a source of tyranny and death basically throughout human history. Mm-hmm. You, what, you dispute that? The, the greatest mass murderers of all time used government. Stalin, Mao. These were government leaders. They used the vehicle of government to engage in extermination on a mass scale. Our republic was different. Our representative democracy instilled the Bill of Rights to limit government itself and the evil that men could do against other uh, men using the vehicle of government. Conservatives fear government not because we're irrational, not because we're looking to take up arms against it. You guys are—they're nuts. They think like we're engaged in some kind of civil war. Mm. Now, we have been when government became tyrannical. I mean, that's what the revolution was. But that's what they, they have this bizarre vision. Like we're all sitting there like John J. Rambo cleaning our ARs, waiting for like King George to show up again. That's not what anybody's doing. It's a simple recognition of the fact that men are fallible and government should be limited. And when we sense government and government activists and big government supporters and now their corporate buddies attacking us, we start to get afraid because we're afraid that obviously concentrated power is going to hurt us in the realm of individual liberty. This isn't hard. But Prager's piece kind of sums this up in light of the argument about arming teachers. How the left says things, Joe, that are entirely ridiculous. Yeah, We don't need more guns in schools. No, Sherlock. You don't get to make that call. The bad guy does. When the bad guy shows up at the school fence getting ready to engage in mass carnage with a knife, bomb, firearm, or whatever it may be, you don't get to say, halt. Who goes there? Oh, you're here to do carnage? We want less guns in schools. Okay, thank you. Have a nice day. That's not the way it works. Folks, the left knows this, though. I'm not talking about, again, Democrats. The radical left understands they are putting you in danger with this stupidity. And when I say this stupidity, let me be clear, crystal clear what I'm talking about. By not putting armed... uh, school resource officers or armed school staff in schools. They, uh, they absolutely, the radical, left, not Democrats here. Some Democrats are part of that, but not all of them. They absolutely understand your kids are in danger because of it. When the left avoids a conversation about terrorism. Oh, no, no, let's call it violent extremism, Joe. Viol- let's not talk about terrorism. No. That makes it better. Yeah. That makes it better because mm-hmm. it, they you know, they can focus on critical theory and the white patriarchal power structure yeah. and how dangerous returning veterans are, which makes you believe that what broke, Joe, the system, uh-huh. not evil terrorists. The system broke. Therefore, you know, returning veterans are problems too. And you see how it distributes the blame across the system and avoids the conversation of individual mm-hmm. evil? Mm-hmm. When you focus on the terrorists and the evil in that ideology and the evil people who apply to it, it makes you say to yourself, wow, we need to protect ourselves. When you focus on violent extremism and a broken system, you focus on the system, not protecting yourself. How do we fix the system? Oh, bigger government. That'll do it. Give us more money. You people are all too stupid to figure it out on yourself. Didn't you know? I'm sorry if we're getting wonky, but this is a really, really important conversation. They avoid the focus on evil with terrorism, knowing it puts you in danger. They avoid a focus on when, when the Soviet Union was exploding in prominence and building a nuclear arsenal and threatening the United States. We will crush you. You all remember that, most of you, above the age of 40 plus. Or mm-hmm. well, you've seen video of it. What did the left do? They defended the Soviet Union. Because they couldn't acknowledge what Ronald Reagan said, and he used these words very deliberately, make no mistake. He called them the evil empire. And that drove the left wild. Remember that, Joe? Oh, my God. Evil empire. He's going to start a war. Ah! That drove the left wild nuts because it directly took on their perverse ideology that evil doesn't exist it is simply a function of broken governing systems and when you give them power they will fix the governing system and they will fix people that are broken they're not evil the system's broken it entirely ronald reagan entirely deconstructed them and make no mistake he knew exactly what he was saying he was an avid reader of hayek of milton friedman he entirely understood this the school of thought thomas soul who wrote those books i told you about conflict division conflict divisions and vision know anointed those are the people he learned from reagan understood what soul understood that an acknowledgement of real evil was anathema to the left acknowledging your right to defend against it whether it's arming teachers Whether it's acknowledging the global jihadist threat and building a counter-terror apparatus against it, acknowledging that acknowledges evil and entirely defeats the left's ideology that it's not the men, it's the system. Because remember, and I'll tie this up with this, once you acknowledge the evil in men's hearts, it is absolutely impossible for you to capitulate your liberty, liberty to the same said men. Let me say that again, folks. It's important. Once you acknowledge that evil exists in men's hearts, the entire liberal ethos that you should be ruled by the same fallible men with potential the potential for evil in their hearts, that entire ethos falls apart. This is why they do everything in their power, align with anybody they wish to get to a control agenda and to beat down the idea of the individual being sovereign over their own life. Think about it, folks. I had to take, a bu- I didn't even get to a lot of this other stuff, but um, I want to get to some good news because I told you I'd leave you the good news, but I just want a couple more things here. You know, I said to you the other day, when you understand that and you understand the left's battle with objective truth, God matters. The state men are men are fallible. We're just limiting the state. When you understand the subjective truth, you understand all of the less wars. Why is the left at war with Christians? Because Christians believe that their rights come from God, that they are sovereign over themselves, that their right to self protection, their right to speech, those come from God. They don't. I'm not asking. We're, we're not asking man for that. Hey Joe, can I have the right to free speech? Mm, yeah. Double man. barrel middle finger. We get that these rights from God. That's what I wanted to hear you say. The left can't have that. Right. They can't have a set of objective big R rights from God. Those rights, from according to the left, they are supposed to come from the state and the state only. They believe in the big S state. We believe in the big G God and his big R rights. They don't believe in that. They have to deconstruct that. The battles start to make sense. Because the recognition of evil also acknowledges that there's an objective set of good too. In other words, a departure from an objective set of good values, what Mm -hmm. God told us, you know, be good to your friends, you know, (laughs) share, you know, share your, volunteer your time, love your kids, love your neighbor. Don't do stupid stuff. Don't steal. That a departure from that is in fact evil. They can't acknowledge any of those. Everything to them is relative. Everything. Everything to them relative, meaning determined by man. Meaning they'll change it on a whim. If they have to steal money from rich people by confisc- confiscatory taxation, the state'll do it. If they have to align with say uh you know radical islamism and ignore the threat of it because they think it will align that you know help them in an identity politics agenda and help them gain power, they'll do it. If they have to attack a Christian baker, I mean think about it. On one end they're arguing this is the hypocrisy of the left, Joe. On one end they're arguing Hey, these companies are free companies. They can divorce themselves with an NRA affiliation, however they want. All right. And on the exact same end, they're arguing, oh, by the way, that Christian Baker, they're a free company, too, but they have to bake a cake for a wedding, a gay wedding, but they don't want to be involved in it. Wait, what is it? How's that? What is it? Is freedom of association exist or does it not? The answer is it doesn't to them. Nothing. The only thing exists to them is a, a tactic to gain power. And if claiming the free market matters when they need to divorce the NRA, if that's if they they'll say yeah we believe in free markets, but then when you say well what about the Christian baker oh but not free markets for them wait so your objective value of free markets is not objective it's subjective in other words it's only free when it aligns with your values right this is what they do when you say to them oh you know you guys are supporters right of uh, LGBTQ the movement the lesbian gay bisexual uh, a, a transgender uh, queer movement, right? For your supporters, right? Mm. Well, w- why are you dedicating all your attention to a cake maker in Oregon and not to Iran overseas where they literally throw gay people off a building? Why? Why not? You know why? Because that doesn't align with their agenda. Their agenda is to gain power. They use identity politics to do it. They are using uh, the LGBTQ lobby, they're using them. And they understand that if they emphasize the danger, Joe, of an Iranian regime, that they would have hurt Obama and they would have empowered national security hawks, who are, by the way, traditionally conservatives, Mm -hmm. and they would empower Republicans. They don't want to do that. So what do they do? They ignore it. Wait, wait. There are gays being thrown off buildings. Oh, Joe, don't talk about that. (sighs) If we talk about that happening in Iran... It'll 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 generate an interest in the American people in doing something about it. And in doing something about it, it'll probably empower national security hawks and conservatives. That doesn't fit our agenda of gaining power. So let's bankrupt the Christian uh, cake maker out in Oregon. But don't say anything about throwing gay people off buildings in Iran. It is not objective. Objective would be we support gay rights, but you don't support them in Iran. What is it? How come you're not dedicating your interest to where actual, I mean, death and destruction is going on? Where the gay people aren't discriminated against, they're killed. Almost no effort is applied to that. They supported an Iran deal. We gave them pallets of cash. Liberals loved it. Because there's no set of objective values. There is only an agenda to gain power. That is it. Now, leaving you with some good news, we are winning here, folks, because this endless focus on subjective values based on identity politics, in other words, this idea that anything we do, we will do to divide up Americans in order to gain power. In other words, we will, put, we will pit black Americans against white Americans, the rich against the poor, mm-hmm. unions against non-unions, men against women. This is unquestionably what liberals do, because liberals believe in the accumulation of power to diminish the individual. Any tactic they have to use to get it, they will use anything. It explains it all. Why do they ignore you know gays being killed in Iran? Because it doesn't benefit their accumulation of power. Why do they insist on calling terrorism violent extremism? Because if they call it terrorism, it'll focus on evil. A focus on evil will focus on you wanting to protect yourself against evil. And that doesn't fit their agenda because they don't want you to want to protect yourself. They want you to suckle on the teat of the state, even for your security. Do you understand what I'm do you see where I'm going with this? They will use identity politics and anything to diminish the individual and enhance the power of the state. So, what's the good news about this? I took a few notes over here, and one final point though on the binary thing just he he thinks that we that what I'm saying right now, by the way, and I'm quoting him, is a persecution complex. what he feels, Joe, that oh you you know you Christians and conservatives, you just this is a persecution complex. You guys are like a bunch of sissies. <laughs> oh, you sure about that? Wow. No, folks, this is really happening. There were really companies trying to put people out of business, you know. Joe and I, we believe, believe me, we, we we're involved in this intimately. Mm-hmm. We don't say too much, because, but there's stuff going on a lot. This is really happening. Christian bakers are being bankrupted. A woman was jailed in Kentucky. It's not a persecution complex. It actually happened. But here's why they're losing. And I think he does that, talks about a persecution complex to minimize what's going on. Folks, culture is cyclical. It's always been cyclical. You know we've the Victorian era, the Renaissance, culture's always been cyclical. We've had we had the 60s and a rebound from the 60s was the Reagan era. Culture's always been cyclical. We've had a divorce from objective values, I believe in the 60s in many respects. Peace, love. Joe, I mean, you lived through it. I didn't. Sure did I mean, I'm, I'm talking only from what I read in books. I mean, be completely candid. I'm only 43. But Joe lived through it. And if I say anything from your personal experience, th- tell me I'm wrong. But the 60s, just r- peace, love, and happiness, man. Free sex, drugs. Yep. It's all good. Everything was relative, right? Yep. There's no wrong or right. It's just the hedonism of the moment. Joy, baby, smoke weed, Woodstock, man. What? We going to work for a living? Ah, screw that, man. Have fun today. You could be dead tomorrow. Right, right. I'm not crazy, right? No. What was the response to the 60s? The response to the 60s was when a lot of those kids grew up who saw that and were turned off by it because they had an awful experience either with their parents or others. They became Reaganites. Beinert doesn't... This is why I opened up the show to kind of tie it back to beating by saying, Beinert's confusing short-term joy hmm. and we got those and a look. We stuck it to that NRA crowd. With long-term victories... That are not victories. They're going to be complete losses. He's engendering an entire response here. A response amongst conservatives that they are not ready for, Joe. And what I mean by this, to put it in real terms, is I have my two daughters. I see what's going on. I make them watch these things. And I go, you see what happened to that couple out in Oregon with the the cake? This is what happens to you if you don't stand up. I talked to him. I said, you see what happened with the IRS targeting, Isabel? You may say, oh, what are you indoctrinating your kids? No, I'm telling them the truth about what's actually happening. Look at what happened. We got complacent. Barack Obama was elected. They used the IRS to go after conservative groups. You see what happened there, Isabel? You have to stay vigilant about your liberties at all times. You see how the left leverages tragedy, Isabel, every single time? It's cyclical. People who feel they're under attack because you're taking away their liberties are teaching their kids right now how to defend them. What part of this binary did you miss? What part of this, you academics and coastal elites and Hollywood types who feel that being celebrated by celebrities is a win, what part of the Trump election and the rebound to that did you miss? You're not winning. And he cites in the piece also. He says, well, you know, we have an influx of immigrants into the country, and that's unquestionably, Joe, that's going to lead to a long-term Democrat liberal majority. Mm. Are you sure about that? Because that's not what's happening in Texas. You know why? Because people who identified the first generation as Hispanic are, ma- are marrying people who identify as white, Italian, Irish, whatever it may be. And the next generation doesn't identify as anything but Americans. Are you not aware that the melting pot actually melts? Your appeal to ethnic identity, you Hispanics, the conservatives hate you. Give us power. We'll fix it. That's what identity politics is. You're black. Conservatives hate you. Give us power. We'll fix it. (laughs) Over time diminishes. I'm not Italian. I'm not Irish. I'm not German. You know what I am? Italian, Irish, and German. I'm American. My kids, my wife's Colombian. Not from South Carolina. Columbia the country. My kids aren't Colombian. They may be genetically, but they don't identify as that. They're just American. Your appeal to identity politics, you're you're insisting that the identity is going to stick with the generations. It's not. You're losing the culture war as a cyclical turn happens as we teach our kids to defend their own rights. You're losing the identity politics war because the identity diminishes over time and it melts into the melting pot of American culture and American values. Why are you missing this? finally, one last point of good news. The desegregation of media is not working in your favor. You are losing. The networks are losing audience. You have outlets like NRA TV, CRTV, Breitbart, uh, The Blaze, Fox News, all of these entities that are growing their audience while you are losing. The next generation is growing up on this. I don't put on CNN or MSNBC in my house ever. Neither. My kids will watch Fox. They will grow up aligned with a conservative form of media, or at minimum, a more fair and balanced approach. To steal their line, then you've been accustomed for generations, accustomed to the Tom Brokaw and Walter Cronkite crowd. That's not what's happening. You are losing. Yes, you still have a big audience, but it's shrinking. Buy nerd, man. You blew it. The culture war is not being won by you. The battles, some of the battles, you may be, quote, winning, but you are losing. No question about it over time. All right, folks. Please check out the show notes today at Bongino.com. Read the article. Read the Kurt Schlichter response. And uh, I got a couple other really good pieces there today I'd like you to check out, uh, news of the day. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all soon. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.